WTL, everybody, where's the line? I'm your host, Andy Klassen, joined by Jabron. They <laughs> pounder. You got it. We're back, boys. Yes, sir. And hey, let's get right into Thursday night football. Yeah. The Las Vegas. Las Vegas Raiders taking on Los Angeles Rams. One team used to be in St. Louis, then back to LA. <laughs> Las Vegas, whatever. It's yeah. the Raiders versus the Rams. And the Rams are just about a touchdown dog. Uh, laying six, Las Vegas, a six-point favorite here. What do you think? Yeah, Andy, I think there's a big reason for this. Nobody really knows who is going to start for the Rams uh, tonight. Uh, they just picked up Baker off the waivers. The Panthers cut him. Uh, Wolford is kind of hurt. Stafford's not going to be playing. Uh, so I, I get the line here, and I think that the Raiders are probably a pretty safe bet to win this game. I just don't know if they're going to be able to cover that six. I think they can cover this six. I think the Rams have packed it in now that uh, Stafford is out. He is on the IR. Yeah, They have the most disappointing teams. Uh, that Super Bowl hangover, that is real. They are 3-9, and nine, obviously, but yeah. they are 3-1 against the spread. Yeah. <laughs> I don't anything to play for the Raiders on the other side they do yeah they they can still make the playoffs and a lot of folks are picking them to make the playoffs here so uh I I know a lot of a lot of folks especially as sharp money is betting those Rams but I like the Raiders in this spot they still have something in front of them yeah no I think I think you're right Andy and there is a a cause for you know a little bit that, that this could be a blowout um, you know, in a primetime matchup where the LA Rams really can't get much going. So I, I, I really don't, uh, I don't like the over under very much. Cause I really don't know where the scoring is going to come from here, Andy, but I am yeah. jumping on there with you about the Raiders at, uh, minus six. So I g- yeah. go Raiders. Yeah. And that total is sitting at 44 and a half. And yeah, where's the scoring going to come from? It would have to be on the Raiders, you know, the yeah. majority of that. And they're, yeah, they, you haven't. Devontae Adams has turned a corner, and I think there's yeah. a connection there. I do. I would maybe consider a prop bet in any time touchdown yeah, or sure. something like that with Adams. Yeah, no, no doubt. Yeah, if you can catch a, if you can catch a reception prop for Adams at you know five or six receptions, that's probably going to happen. Or e- even anything under, uh, you know, eighty-five yards, he's probably good to clear. But yeah, I see this one kind of shaping up about twenty-seven. To the Rams, 10 or 17 points. Uh, Raiders cover pretty easy, I think, and uh, I'm going to stick away. I'm going to stay away from that over under. And if you had to, maybe a slight lean to the under. But yeah. all right, we, uh, should we expand? Yeah, and talk a little NBA for the first time this year. There we go. Let's do it. All right, Denver Nuggets heading on over to Portland. Yeah, the Trail Blazers, and this is pretty much a coin flip. Yeah, uh, Denver's a one point favorite. Uh, <laughs> a total of 226. Am I getting that right? Yep, that's it. Wow. <laughs> yeah, um, but both teams have had you know similar campaigns this season. The Duggets might be under pressure after three back-to-back defeats. Uh, the Trailblazers have the winning momentum on their side at this point in the season. They have already defeated the Nuggets once this season, but uh, the Nuggets – 
the Nuggets are literally just hoping that uh, Nikola Jokic, you know, fires up against Portland. He's averaging Joker. 23 points per game this current season. On the other hand, the Trailblazers will expect a more dominating performance for Dame time. Damian Lillard in the next game, he's maintained 25 point, uh, uh, points per, per contest here. Uh, I, I I really do like the Nuggets at home here, Andy. I just think they play a lot better there, and you know that that place gets kind of wild when Joker's having a good game. So I am leaning uh, towards that uh, minus one towards the Denver Nuggets. You like you like the Nuggets there? And I do. I uh, there's both teams have injuries right now. Yeah. I don't know who's be affected more. You got Gary Payton the second yeah. junior. Uh, he's questionable for Portland. Denver has. Michael Porter Jr., he's questionable. Yeah. Uh, they're really not saying much. Uh, and even if NBA players are hurt, they yeah. still just sometimes. Like, <laughs> you really don't know. Yeah. No, I, I agree, Andy. And the, the Denver Nuggets will try, you know, to heat, you know, as much as they can. I think at home is going to be the, the, the factor in this. It's expected to be a ribbing contest either way, but all predictions and betting platforms are giving a slight upper hand to the Nuggets just because they're at home and uh, I believe have the, the, the better all-star player. So, yes. Yeah, I like that too. And the latest power rankings I've seen, um, Denver's number eight in the league. Yeah. Portland's one and on a coin flip, give, give, me the, give me number eight there over 20. No doubt. Take the home team. All right, let's talk a little shift gears again and yeah. talk a little college football. Okay. Uh, that really, you know, kind of captures the nation and, and everybody's cheering for it, and that's the Navy midshipmen taking on the Army Black Knights. Yeah. Army's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. You got that total <laughs> sitting there at 32-and-a-half. Yeah. Um, you know, both teams like to run the ball, obviously. Um, and I don't know. I think there might be uh, some value there taking Army. Yeah, I, uh, I think we might disagree on this one just a little bit, Andy. But one thing I wanted to go on right off the gate here, the Army-Navy game has gone under the total in an astonishing 16 straight games entering this contest. That's why that is so low. Um, and I think this might be for the first time in, you know, 16 years that this is going to go over. I have this game, a final score prediction, Navy 24, Army 16. So I do think it's going to get over that, uh, that over under. So, uh, yeah, we disagree on, uh, Army Navy, but I, I really like, uh, uh, the over here, Andy. Yeah. And, and I, I misspoke there. Navy's a two and a half point favorite. Yes. Army's the two and a half point dog, and yes, correct. Look at that census total of thirty two and a half, and this is one of the few games all betting season long in college football yeah. where the majority of the money's on the under, and the under so low. It, it that that's what I'm saying, Andy. Is that everybody's just looking at that sixteen straight games with Army? It's kind of like that Maction, you know that you know you you have to bet the over in Maction, even though that you know sometimes it doesn't do that especially when they get those inflated over-unders. This is so low that I think Navy might be able to even cover this by themselves. But I, I think with Army doing a back-and-forth game with them that it, this is going to sail over, and I think it's the best bet of of the night is the the uh, Army-Navy game going over 32.5 points. It's so low. I think a few things have to give this game. I, I like your over-bet there. I really do. Um, but Army, the last five games, they are 5-0 and against the spread. Navy, yeah. their last nine games, they are 7-2 and 
against the spread. So you really can't throw shade at a guy betting one way or the other. Yeah. But, um, man, ooh, I'm taking the black knight. <laughs> We're going to agree to disagree on this one. Yeah, I, I, that's fine with me. I think we're agreeing to disagree, but I think we're both in unison here that that, that over-under is too low for this game that's going to go back and forth. And with these guys being able to cover each other, like you're saying, I, I really think that over is a very safe bet. And I've been told real men bet the over. So, hey, I'm a real <laughs> man. How about that? There we go. All right, before we take uh, any look further ahead, let's take a look back on our hits and misses. Yeah. Okay, let's start with the bad news, and that's fresh on everyone's mind here. That's this past Monday night, Bucks versus the Saints, and a kind of a rock fight of a game, an yeah. ugly game. Um, and we really thought the Bucks could cover. They did end up winning somehow. <laughs> Cover that three or three and a half, whatever you got it at. Yeah, uh, I think most people got it at three and a half, Andy. You know, everybody was kind of scared of that hook with the Saints, with with good reason, I guess. But I just, you could see that the Bucks are just a head and shoulders better team. They just don't, you know, they don't get going. And you know, yeah. Brady with five minutes left, he's like, okay, well, we're only down thirteen. I guess I can win this game, uh, and he did. But uh, yeah, they should have been able to cover that. That spread so easily. They were the better team, better quarterback, better defense, all that put together. Uh, they just didn't, you know, step on the gas till the fourth quarter. Yeah, well, let's not dwell on our misses, yeah. huh? Hey, let's talk about our hits. Mr. Park, Lay, Pounder, what do you got for us? Yeah, it, it actually has the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in it. Uh, if you guys stuck around for the last segment last week, I gave out a three-team NFL parlay with the Denver Broncos and Baltimore Ravens going under. That hit. Yep. The Minnesota Vikings covering three against the New York Jets. That hit. And then, you know, I, I said throw out the points. I said Tampa Bay Buccaneers money line for the last leg, and it hit. And just barely, but the the parlay cash for 125 bucks. And that Baltimore under, you got a little security blanket there with yeah. Lamar Jackson going down there. That busted so many bets on Baltimore last week. Your parlay, though, it actually helped it out. Yeah, no doubt about it. We we thought it was going to be a low scoring game. Didn't think it was going to be. 10 to 9, but uh, yeah, definitely didn't think that they were going to get up to 38 and a half, which was where the line was. So uh, yeah, got a little lucky there and obviously got a little lucky with the Buccaneers, but that's why we do it. That's right. Uh, you know, I mean, it kept us in our seats Thursday night all the way through Monday night, and I think that's what tells <laughs> that. that That's what it is, Andy. No doubt about it. Hey, let's take a minute here to recognize one of our fabulous partners. That is Play Action Pools, as they are revolutionizing group hosting platforms. Make it your new spot for all your football contest needs. Play today at playactionpools.com. Don't go anywhere, folks. This is WTL. And welcome back, everybody, to WTL Where's the Line. I'm your host, Andy Classen, joined by Jabron, the Brarley Pounder. You got Pounding it. We're park. back. And we got to get back into the UFC. Yes. Big part here, UFC 282. And let's start with the featherweights here. Bryce Mitchell. Yeah. Alila Tripura. Yep. Young man. Georgia, 
versus Mitchell out of the United States. And Mitchell is the underdog, plus 115. Tua as a minus 135 favorite. Yeah. Both these guys have really good-looking records. Mitchell, 15-1. and Tupuro, 12-0. Both coming off wins. Yeah, Andy. Uh, besides the main event of this whole night, this is probably the best matchup on the card. This is going to be one of the funnest uh, fights to watch this Saturday night. Pitting the, I, I still call Bryce Mitchell 15 and 0. His only loss came in uh, the Ultimate Fighter, so I don't really count that against the 12 and 0 Ilya Tapura, the Matador. I'm predicting uh, that Mitchell is going to upset this one. Bryce Mitchell is my guy. He's a down home guy from Arkansas. He, they, you know, nicknamed Thug Nasty. He's probably the whitest guy that anybody would ever know. Uh, I just think he offers a lot more value, like you said, at that plus 115, because I believe these guys are so th- this matchup is so good. I'd rather go with the plus money in the guy that I like. Yeah, and I really like the American too. I mean, and there's different body types here. Mitchell's 5'10", Tarot's 5'7". Yeah. You got 156 versus 145. Uh, you got a reach advantage for Mitchell. Yep. Um, and a big leg reach, uh, 40 inches compared to 37. So, I mean, you just kind of pick your poison. Do you want to go with the shorter, stocky guy? Yeah. Or do you want to go with the, the lighter guy that's taller and lankier? Yeah, no, and the Matador is all about getting the knockout, which could very much happen. But I, I really think Bryce Mitchell is going to get him on the mat as he has all of his opponents kind of drag this out, make it go the distance, and get the decision. So I really like Bryce Mitchell's value there at plus 115. Plus 115 uh, to on the props odds to win by decision? D- yep, just just money line for him. No, 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 just has to win. So. Oh, oh okay, yeah, just a straight-up money line. Yep. What about odds to win by decision if we're talking props here? Because I'm looking at a plus two. 50 on some books yeah and and if you're gonna do if you're gonna you know go down that you definitely should look into bryce mitchell by submission or decision either one of those are going to be you know plus you know a lot more money but i just like the sure thing that way if he wins by knockout or you know or uh you know disqualification or whatever you want to call it um you're still covered at that plus money. So I, I really like him just to win the fight overall. But if you're trying to get uh, nuts with it and make a lot of money, go with that submission play. Hey, man, it's at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Let's go nuts. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Do it. Running up the card here, let's talk about Darren Till uh, versus DDP, the middleweight bout. Uh, you got a couple of guys out of the U.K., yeah. South Africa, DDP's kind of a big favorite here at minus 180. Yeah, the reason he's such a big favorite, Andy, is that uh, Darren Till is another fighter with extensive time on the shelf who isn't the same fighter as he once was. He's still kind of riding the coattails of how good he used to be. In fact, he hasn't fought in over a year and hasn't won a fight in over three. DDP is bigger, younger, a better striker, a better grappler, and a better finisher. I take him to take care of Till, and I like this number that we're getting right now. Till has been finished in three of his four uh, uh, wins. So if if you want, you know, an even better number, take DDP inside the distance. I think he's going to knock him out. So I, I like that even if you can get it at plus money, DDP by TKO or knockout. Yeah, I like the South African as well. And I, you know what? I'll, he has better hair, too. Yeah, he does. Yeah, Till's getting up there, man. Till's getting up there. 
<laughs> All right, now let's talk about a fight that does have a, a big time following. Everyone's talking about it. Yeah. That's Jared Gordon taking on Patty Pimblett. The baddie. Patty, the baddie. Yeah. <laughs> Big favorite, too. Minus 245. Yeah, Andy. And, yeah, this is where the hair comes into, you know, into the limelight. <laughs> Patty has the best hair in the game besides maybe Sean O'Malley. But uh, most people are looking at this and going, Jared Gordon in a co-main event on a UFC pay-per-view? Like, okay. Uh, but, you know, everybody's not sold on Patty the Batty yet, just being a legit prospect at the UFC level. But I'm still picking him here, Andy. The UFC has done a good job kind of protecting the Batty this far, not giving him too difficult of matchups, you know, trying to, you know, plateau his, you know, you know, winning right. style there. Get his get his wins up before they throw him into the top end of this division. So this is no different. He'll have a significant size and youth advantage over Gordon, and I think he should be able to outclass him in this one. So I'm just taking that minus two sixty money line for Patty the Batty. Uh, you know, he's only an inch taller. Yeah, but his reach seventy three inches compared to sixty eight. So just yeah. a completely body style. Um, and he's got he's got a lot of momentum right now. You know, of course, he's been picked up by the barstool guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that has a lot to do with his fame and, and kind of the the push to and what you're talking about. I think it's kind of obvious that UFC is protecting him or at least helping him ascend uh, to be one of these guys that can can fill out a card or be a main event someday. No, agreed, Andy. And he, he this is what he wanted. He finally got his wish to be featured on a UFC numbered event main card, and he's a co-main event for it. They're going to sell out that arena. Uh, everybody's going to be chanting his name. If he gets a knockout in this one, he's going to be moving up the ranks very quickly, and I, I think I think he's ready for it, and I, I think with this matchup, he, he gets that win. Uh, do you like any of the props? I'm looking at Patty the Batty with a plus 250 odds to win by KO. Any value there? Yeah, no, there definitely is. He is going to come out. The, he says it in his interviews all the time. He's not there to go to the distance. He wants it inside. He wants the knockout. He wants, you know, any way that he can end the fight. But I, that would be my play if I was going to do anything, Andy, is Patty the Batty by TKO. All right, now let's move on to not the co-main event, the main There event. it is. The light heavyweight title bout, title bout, Jan Blagovich. Mahagamed, Yeah, Andy, this is, you know, there, there's been a little mix-up here, you know, because it's supposed to be, you know, two different guys fighting for this title, but one guy got hurt, one guy backed out, so Jan is enjoying his opportunity to reclaim the UFC lightweight belt that he lost at UFC 276 to Glover Teixeira, um, you know, who was the most recent champion of the vacant belt. Uh, Blackwitz has fought just once since losing the crown, tallying a third round TK over uh, TKO win over Rakich uh, last May. But uh, this Ankalaev kid has been on a tear. I think he's on a nine win streak in the UFC, which is pretty much just unheard of, Andy. He has established himself as one of the most devastating power punchers in the UFC lightweight division. And uh, this 30 year old Russian has finished opponents by KO inside of five minutes on three occasions during that streak. So I I do think, Andy, that this that I don't I don't like that they're giving such a, a nod to him. 
he shouldn't be a th- minus three hundred. Uh, yeah. He, he yeah. shouldn't be that big of a you know a favorite against a guy that's already won the belt and is, has tasted that and really wants it back. So if you're looking for value, lot. Jan Blakovich is the way to go here. He's at a plus 240, plus 260 at some books. Uh, and he's already been the champion. He's a, he's a very good fighter, and he can beat this guy. The only thing is, though, Andy, is I do think that Ankalev is on that transition to being one of the best in the sport. So I really think that he wins this fight. I just don't think it should be that, that big of a you know, drop-off on these odds difference and Jan has you know the guy out of Poland he has so much tread on the tires 29 and 9 yeah you look at Enclave where he's just 18 and 1 and like you said just been on tear lately that nine fight yeah uh, win streak um is this one of those type of fights where maybe you want to pick your spots and do you have any props that you're looking at yeah Andy I I, I do have uh like you said if you're going to go with Enclave as you know kind of the the safe bet there my prop for this fight would be over that four and a half rounds I really don't think he's going to have enough to um you know knock out uh Jan so I I I really think Blakovich gets through the whole fight and if he doesn't win I think he, the it it will go over to all five rounds so that's at a plus 130 there Andy so that is some good value I feel you I feel you now Mr. Partlay Pounder yeah you have a play for UFC 282 I do Andy and it's about all the fights we just (laughs) talked about I got uh Bryce Mitchell at a plus 112 I got DDP at a minus 185 and then I got Patty the Batty rounding it out with the minus 240 money line bet putting $25 on this Andy to win 95. I think it's very good value. I think all three of these guys have a very good chance of winning on Saturday night, so that's what I'm going for. Hey, I can't I cannot argue with that. You are Mr. UFC or also <laughs> I don't I don't think we can argue with that. There you go. I love it. <laughs> hey, before we uh uh, cut off the break here. Let's take a quick minute to recognize one of our fabulous partners, and that is the Nebraska Brewing Company. I've been enjoying the Cardinal Pale Ale, one of my all-time favorite beers. Jabron, what do you got over there? You know me. I'm always rocking Taco Vesa all year round. I think it's the best beer probably in the world, definitely in Nebraska. <laughs> you know, it's an easy-drinking beer, uh, but you take it to a whole nother level. It's not- <laughs> Yes, it's sir. not just a summertime beer for you. No, it's not. All right. Well, you heard the horn there. So one more quick shout out to Nebraska Brewing Company. World class in every glass. Don't go anywhere, folks. This is WTL. And welcome back, everybody, to WTL. T-L. Where's the line? I'm your host, Andy Classen. Join by Jabron. The Parlay Pounder. You got it. We're back. Yes, we are. And we got quite a little Saturday yeah. lined up right here, right now. Heck yeah. Nebraska's going to be popping on Saturday. It's awesome. <laughs> we, the, the state of Nebraska. Yes. yes. The, you're going to get your fill of sports. And let's start right there with Purdue traveling to nebraska that's a 115 tip off college men's basketball on btn um and it looks like purdue is gonna be a pretty good favorite here probably you know plus 12 or more yeah andy uh nebraska just played on uh wednesday night 
Uh, they traveled to Indiana and lost by 16. They did not cover. Indiana had a 12.5-point favorite line on them. So uh, Purdue comes in here number four in the country, Andy. They are on a roll. They've already beat yeah. the likes of Duke, Gonzaga, uh, Florida State, Minnesota, already beat all of these teams. So they're going to be looking to stomp out the Nebraska Cornhuskers. I bet this line gets all the way up to about 14 to 15 points, Andy. Uh, ESPN analytics have uh, this pretty low in my mind that they have Purdue at a 65% chance to win this game. So that that's given Nebraska a little bit more credit just because I think we knocked off the Creighton Jays uh, last week. Well, yeah, and don't get it twisted. That was a big-time win. That was in Omaha, yeah. and they were ranked seventh in the nation For at sure. the time. Surprised a lot of people. Uh, a lot of folks are saying that was the kind of a signature, the, the signature win for Fred Hoiberg yeah. during his time here at Lincoln anyway. And that was probably one of the best coach games I've ever seen as far as his time here at Nebraska. I totally flipped the script, went heavy defense, limited the threes, uh, kind of drug out possessions, Really dictated the pace. Yeah. To Creighton. Oh, Creighton wants to let it fly. Hashtag. Yeah. Let it fly. And Nebraska just would not allow it. You don't think they can do the same kind of slow it down against the Boilermakers? No, Andy. And uh, that's definitely a really, really good uh, a point you you just put out there. But uh, Purdue, just two games ago, had a, they went to Florida State and they beat them by 10. I, and everybody's going to say, yeah, they, you know, handily beat them. Nebraska, the same team. Blew out Florida State by almost 20 points uh, uh, two weeks ago. So these, I do think that they can match up well. I just think that the Purdue Boilermakers has always been kind of that Big Ten prototypical, bring the big man in and kind of let him eat. And uh, as as well as our big men have been playing, I think they're still a little undersized for the way that Purdue plays basketball. Purdue always has a big body inside, and they're usually about four or five inches taller than our big. <laughs> <laughs> no, no doubt about it, Andy. But if this does get stretched out to you know even a sixteen to seventeen point line, I would expect the Cornhuskers to give it a run and try and cover this at home with uh, Pinnacle Bank Arena rocking. Yeah, and there were some injuries that they're dealing with during that Indiana game on yeah. Wednesday. Hopefully everyone's healed up and, and uh, not sitting out. I know Sam Griesel was one of the guys that was a, a late scratch for Nebraska. Hopefully he's right because he really had a lot to do with that win over Creighton. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, Sam Griesel is literally one of the best players for Nebraska, if not the best, averaging almost 12 points a game with over five assists. So when you're missing that you know, kind of piece to your team, the rest of it, it's not going to go well. So, yes, hopefully he's back Saturday and we give the Boilermakers a run for their money. And, you know, speaking of Creighton, let's yeah. shift gears and head out west, sucker. There we go. The Jays are traveling to BYU. They find themselves, we're thinking around about an eight-point favorite. That's Saturday on FS1. Going to be the nightcap, late tip-off at 9 p.m. Yeah, Andy, uh, like you said, I think this is going to be about a seven- to eight-point uh, favorite for the Jays going into BYU. They got to get a win, Andy. They're on a three-game losing streak, all two. Uh, yeah. Well, not all two, but Nebraska was obviously a shocker, but they they lost to number two Texas at the time and Arizona team by two. So uh, they've had a little bit of a rough uh, run through it, but they are just a way classier team than the BYU Cougars who just came off a loss yeah. to South Dakota. So uh, <laughs> I really think that the Creighton Jays are going to get the win here. 
Uh, and if it's as low as six or seven points, definitely take the Jays. I'm I'm totally on board with that. I think Creighton's going to get right and get right in a big way. And, and you know, Mac, Coach McDermott, he he knew when he l- laid that schedule out there that something could happen against Nebraska. Then you're going to follow that up with a tough game at Texas. Uh, and the, I think they were ranked two in the nation yeah, at the time. The Longhorns they were, two, yep. Yeah, the Longhorns were. So they had a two-versus-seven matchup. And Creighton was right there. Yeah, they they had a chance to win at the end. It went down, you know, to the final couple of possessions there. So you kind of Creighton knew that they could hit this rough spot, and that's why you schedule a game like this BYU. Even though it's on the road, you're still going to get a lot of power points, and I think you can put it on the Cougars here. Yeah, I do, Andy, and I and I have to apologize. I, I gave out wrong information. They are playing this game in Las Vegas, Nevada. So these guys are going to be able to beat up on the Cougars and then run over to watch Patty the Batty after that. So this is a neutral game site, so the Creighton Blue Jays will probably be closer to a nine-point favor, but I do believe that they will cover uh, blowing out the Cougars. You're exactly right, and I, I should have caught you there because, yeah, I know a lot of buddies of mine from the Omaha area that yeah. are flying out there. Creighton Jays, they, they, uh, Jay fans, they sure do travel well, and when it's at uh, Las Vegas, uh, all the more reason. Yeah, why, for why? sure. <laughs> all right, well, let's head on back to Omaha here. Yeah. And let's talk about the title bout Bud Crawford. Ah! Yep. Uh, and there's going to be a fun little undercard here, too. Should we talk about the undercard a little bit and lead up to the main event? Yeah, Andy. Uh, first one I want to talk about is Steven Nelson versus James Ballard. Steven Nelson is an Omaha guy. He's he's local. He trains with Crawford all the time. He steps into the ring with an undefeated record of 17 wins, zero losses, and zero draws. 14 of those wins coming by the way of knockout. Uh, he is a huge favorite here, Andy. Most books don't even have it, but he's at a minus 2,000 money line right now. <laughs> so you're going to have to wait a little closer to Saturday to get those knockout props, which I think is going to be a really, really good uh, bet for Nelson. Uh, James Ballard, on the other hand, will make his way into the ring with 10 wins, 4 losses, 0 draws, and 3 of those by knockout. So you can tell that Nelson has the power and is going to be yeah. really looking for uh, the, the finish against Ballard. So I'm rocking with the guy from Omaha. Heck, yeah, me too. And and it just it kind of feels like a primer, you know, for the, yeah. the home crowd here in Omaha. The CHI, the Chai, is going to be rocking. And then you have a guy from Omaha to kind of start things off, probably looking at a knockout type of win here against Ballard. Uh, I don't think that's too far out of line making a statement like that. Yeah, no, I I agree, Andy, and we're going to be part of that crowd as well, everybody. Ooh. That me and Andy are going to this fight. We're going to be going nuts, Ooh. especially for uh, Bud here. And then a late ad. We got to talk about these two. That yeah, is Chris Cyborg taking on Gabby Holloway, a couple of former MMA superstars. Yeah, turned boxers. And they've been a late add to the card here. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it is going to be a lot of fun. I've always said that I've wanted to go to a Chris Cyborg event. I was always hoping there would be a you know a UFC main event. She's she's yeah, yeah. held multiple belts across multiple MMA uh, you know promotions. So this is literally one of the best uh, mixed martial art fighters in the realm of uh, female fighters, and she is a massive favorite against uh, Gabby Holloway at a minus 3,300 to win the fight outright. Uh, 
if you're on the Gabby Holloway train, she has at a plus one thousand to take take home the uh, take home the fight. This is kind of weird, Andy, because it's just a four four round um, you know fight, and this yeah. is Chris Cyborg's actually first professional boxing fight. Uh, I think everybody's kind of betting on her with her name, but if I had to guess, she's pretty damn good at this as well. I think she is too. I can't get those images of her uh, putting it on uh, that that little girl that was uh, uh, kind of the headliner there for a while for the UFC. Yeah, and Holloway put an end to that. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's move on to yeah. the Crawford fight here. Thirty-eight nine zero holds a couple different belts right now. Three, four belts. I don't. I can't even keep up with, with it right right now. Twenty-nine of those thirty-eight wins are by KO Bud. The hometown favorite from Omaha. He's also a big time favorite on the betting lines. Yeah, and he's a minus fourteen hundred favorite, which is just absolutely crazy. Uh, this is, th- I mean, this fight. It's going to be a lot of fun. He's going to blow the top off of um, CHI Health Center there in Omaha. But this is kind of a frustrating example of what you get, what you get in boxing. You know, you, you don't. You don't have anybody that's making these fights for him. Him and Spence should be the fight. It should have been the fight yeah. for the last three years. But uh, Bud is projected to get his best payday out of his career uh, at a whopping $10 million from this promotion. So I, I would take it as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy for Bud getting the big payday. But, uh, yeah, everybody's been wanting to see the Errol Spence fight, Spence Jr., uh, for three four years now and i'm tired of hearing it from one camp from the other camp yeah you know of course i'm gonna back terrence crawford on this uh, but at some point in time you know you're half the scenario here you're half the equation yeah uh, give it up figure it out let him let him make three more million dollars or whatever but yeah. let us see the fight before you lose all relevance and you're starting to maybe see a little bit of that with this pay-per-view it's not supposed to be the biggest one out there Obviously, we're gonna buy. We're gonna be there. Yeah, you know, so we don't have to worry about buying it because we're actually gonna be in the crowd. Uh, and you're happy for the guy, but I think everybody wants to see Errol Spence here. No, agreed, Andy. But if you guys are looking for a little bit of value coming out of this fight, my best bet of the night is Crawford wins between seven and twelve rounds at a plus. 210 on most books. I think that is going to cash. You know Crawford's style. He likes to fill yeah. him out for about six yes. rounds. He's going to knock him out in about round eight or nine. And I, like I said, he's going to blow the yeah. top off it uh, because Crawford does this, you know, does his damage after setting traps and making adjustments. It's not likely yeah. likely he will get Avasani out of there too early. So I, I really, really like the round seven through twelve, and I believe that will hit for the plus 210 bet. I think you're spot on with that assessment. I really like that. He'll probably start t- sticking his tongue out at him, you know, about round five or six. Yep. Setting him up. <laughs> setting him up the- set the trap. You know it's coming. All righty. Let's take a quick minute here to recognize one of our fabulous partners, and that is Play Action Pools, as they are revolutionizing group hosting platforms. Make it your new spot for all your football and football contest needs. See what I did there? I did. I'm actually in a contest right now at the World Cup. <laughs> there trying you go. To hang on. <laughs> Play today, everybody, at playactionpools.com. Don't go anywhere. This is WTL. And welcome back, everybody, to WTL. Where's the line? I'm your host, Ann 
D, class and join by. Jabron. Oh, the parlay pounder. You got it. You got it. Hey, we've been talking boxing, UFC, 282, college football, a little NFL football. we yeah. got to finish strong. Let's do it. Let's run down the we slate. Full slate of NFL. Let's start with a 12 o'clock high noon kickoff on Fox. That is the Vikings taking on Detroit, heading up to Detroit. And I think this is going to raise some eyebrows to the casual fan out there. Detroit's the two-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah, Andy, this is, I think this is a little out of whack. But uh, these teams met back in week three as the Vikings squeaked out a 28-24 to win at U.S. Bank Stadium. The action now moves to Ford Field, where the Lions are averaging an impressive 32 points per game, Andy. That's second in the NFL at home stadiums. Detroit is also tallying 6.1 yards per play at home, which is tied for the third best mark. Um, I I get why it's this way, but there's no way that I'm going with Detroit in this game, especially with the way that the Vikings have balled out all year, and Minnesota's 91 straight up in the last 10 games against Detroit. Yeah, and Minnesota's kind of a victim of their own success. Yeah. And it's like, well, they won uglier. They shouldn't have won that game. They sh- that, that game was too fluky. Well, you are what your record says you are, and Minnesota's 10-2 and two right now. Yeah, no okay? doubt about it. Uh, and all the, the score predictors, the models out there, some of them even have Minnesota winning this game. Yeah. So, like, I really don't get – yeah, you had a lot of impressive stats there, and Detroit's climbing back into playoff contention. They're two games under 500. do Don't yeah. give me that. Don't give me that. The Vikings literally have doubled their wins. Um, so, But where I kind of want to go with this, Andy, is that over. I really like oh. it. I really like it because uh, say what you will about Detroit – they have been feeding the ball a lot. They get a lot of touchdowns. Jamal Williams is going absolutely nuts on the goal line. Uh, Goff has been throwing the ball very, very well in recent memory. It's, um, you know, to in, to combine that with Minnesota in the way that they score points, I think it's very easy for these two teams to get up to 53, 53 and a half points. So my best bet of this game is definitely the over. I like that too, uh, and I'm looking at a consensus that's still 52 and a half, so you can get it there. Yeah, take that. Uh, and you mentioned the home. Uh, Detroit's a different team at home. Jared Goff's a different quarterback at home. Definitely, significantly better when he's at Ford Field there. And, and just you know, when you're talking about the point spread, uh, you might want to sidestep that. Maybe a light lean one way or the other, but yeah. that over under that might be where the value's at. I, I definitely think it is, Andy. And if you're looking for value, you have to look at the the plus one twenty five on the Minnesota Vikings money line. I do think they get out with the win here. It probably will be a lot closer than people think, but I, I'm still rocking with the Vikings in that over. All righty. Well, let's head on out west to Denver, a divisional game here. That's a three oh five kickoff. Kansas City taking on the Denver Broncos. Kansas City, a huge favorite here. It's nine and a half, and it's climbing. Yeah, Andy. Uh, back in the offseason, we say it every week. Uh, fans would have heavily anticipating watching Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson trade bombs in a divisional rivalry game. Uh, yeah. While Mahomes has been his usual dynamic self, you know, front runner in the MVP probably, Wilson in the Broncos offense has been anything but. Keeping, you know, being kept to 10 or fewer points in their last 
three games, Andy. It's it's the 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 worst offense in the league, only averaging thirteen point eight per season per game. The Chiefs, I think, are going to smoke them here. I, I really think that uh, Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs are going to make this a point to uh, really put up some points while that Chiefs defense keeping the Broncos low. Yeah, I mean, I was running up and down some some stats looking into this game, and I think Denver has scored 12 touchdowns the last 14 quarters or something. Like, I mean, it is miserable. Yeah, Jamal Williams, who we're just talking about with Detroit, has more touchdowns than the Broncos do. <laughs> so you like Kansas City covering that nine and a half? That's not too much for you. I do. I, I got this final game going 28 to 13. Uh, Chiefs. I, I think they cover easily. Um, I'm kind of tiptoeing that over under right there, just because I don't want the Chiefs don't really, the Chiefs don't really you know put up a lot of points if they don't have to. So I, I think they're going to get out to four touchdown lead and kind of just coast with the Broncos staying at their normal uh, ten to thirteen points. Yeah, what's freaking crazy is Kansas City could score twenty one or twenty four and still cover that and not even be close to hitting that. Uh, total. So I like the under. Yeah. And I think this is one of those. If you're going to play it, you got to lay the points with Kansas City. You got to. It's the only value play here, Andy, is the Chiefs by nine. And just just for reference, Kansas City is 13 and 0 straight up in its last 13 games against Denver. So they have their number. They're going to beat them. And I think they cover. All righty. Well, let's 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 go to Sunday night then. Yeah. This is kind of a fun matchup here. The surprise. I would say surprise. For sure. Miami heading out to Los Angeles to take on the Chargers. Miami going clear across the good old United States. Finds themselves as a three-point favorite. That total sitting at 51 and a half. Yeah, Andy. And the Dolphins' Week 13 loss lines up as a bump in the road more than it does, you know, a cause for concern. They played the 49ers that were able to shut down their immediate passing attack, but not many other teams in the NFL roster a linebacker that shines in coverage as much as Fred Warner and the rest of the San Francisco 49ers defense. I think this is a very good bounce-back outing for them. Uh, they average the fourth most points per game, 26.2, and I, I just think that the Chargers defense gives up a lot more in the secondary, uh, and, and the Dolphins are going to be able to kind of you know, put a light on that. So my final score prediction is Dolphins 30, Chargers 21. I'm riding with the Miami Dolphins. Nice. And, yeah, I've been hearing from a lot of my guys that this might be the best matchup uh, Tyreek Hill seen in a long time yeah. uh, that against – uh, the L.A. Chargers and their secondary. It's, it was a weak secondary to begin with. Right. And some injuries. Um, so you can see where that's on that key number of three. And you also got a lot of money going in, both sharp and public, on Miami, and I think for good reason. Yeah. What about that total there at 51.5? I mean, you're looking at the over then. Yeah. The, the total has hit the over in five of Miami's last six games. I think they're just a, you know, kind of an over wagon and you know, the chargers will put up points in this game. They will put up some points in this game. They'll help. They'll get about, you know, three touchdowns with maybe a field goal sprinkled in on this. So I really like that over in the Miami's to cover the three. So, uh, yep. Over in the dolphins. To your point, uh, just to add some fuel to that fire. LA has also smacked that over seven of their last games boom here we go when you just dial it back to miami which you know it's different teams different years and they always play but yeah um eight of the last nine times these two teams have matched up they have smacked that over so nice uh 
might be one of those key spots for that over. Yeah, no, I, I agree, Andy. And I, I just think it's going to be, you know, and it's prime time. You know Tyreek likes to show out, Jalen Waddle as well, and you uh, it, it's going to happen. That over is hitting. I like that. All right, let's move on to Monday night. Yeah. Wrap it up. The New England Patriots heading on out to Arizona and New England's the favorite. I'm looking at a point and a half consensus right here. Yeah, Andy. Uh, I, I really don't know how to talk about this game or think about this game. That minus one and a half towards the Patriots, that over-under sitting at 44 and a half. I just don't have a very good feeling on this game for New England. New England is 0-4 straight up in its last four primetime games. So I do not believe that they should be the favorite, even though I do think they're the better team here. I think the Cardinals are going to squeak out of this with a with a win by a field goal late. So, uh, and I, I kind of like the under as well, Andy. Yeah, I, I don't know about the under, but I do think new. I think the the bookies have it wrong. I think they have the wrong team favorite here. Yeah. I think Arizona win. I mean, at first glance, you're like, oh, it's the Patriots. They're great. No, not really. No, they're six. I know Arizona's four and eight, but maybe they played some better competition here. Also, New England has some serious problems on the defensive side against mobile quarterbacks. I can't think of a more mobile quarterback than Kyler Murray, whether he's a video game aficionado <laughs> or not. Yeah. That can move a, can move around in the pocket. He can pick up first downs with his legs and the Patriots have always had a problem with that. Yeah, no, I agree, Andy. And, you know, injuries and suspensions were, you know, were key for the Arizona Cardinals getting off to this slow start, especially with players like DeAndre Hopkins and James Conner and Hollywood Brown have all contributed to that. But they should be a lot healthier coming off this bye week, and I just think that they're going to squeak out with a win here, take the points with the Cardinals, and, uh, you know, that's my best bet. I like that. I like that a lot. Okay, Mr. Parlay Pounder, we just listened to the NFL slate, ran down some key matchups. Do you have a parlay play for the people? I do have a parlay play, but it is a prop parlay. So I am picking three props that I think are going to hit here. Uh, People jump on it if they want. Uh, Najee Harris, under 63.5 rushing yards. Harris has, you know, done a pretty good job this year. He's, you know, a second year back out of Alabama, but the team he's playing against is more. Baltimore ranks sixth in rush defense. He's going to have a hard time against that Ravens front seven. I believe that under 63.5 yards is going to hit. My next piece is Travis Etienne under 56 and a half rushing yards. Um, you know, it's been good to see Etienne back out there, but this Tennessee run defense is going to gobble him up, and I don't know if he's 100% healthy yet, so I don't believe he's going to get all the carries. So under 56 and a half rushing yards. And then I got to go with my man that we talked about in the first game here, Jared Goff over 250 and a half passing yards. Goff lit up the Jags for 340 last week, and we think he can do the same thing on this putrid Vikings secondary. Jared Goff over 250 and a half passing yards. Putting these together for 20 bucks, winning 125. I love that. Run down those players again. I mean, it sounds like you're in about 15 different fantasy leagues here with all these stats and players. <laughs> Yeah, nope. Uh, I'll run through them again. Najee Harris with the Pittsburgh Steelers under 63.5 rushing yards. Travis Etienne with the Jacksonville Jaguars under 56.5 rushing yards. And Jared Goff of the Detroit Lions over 250.5 passing yards. 
I absolutely love all of that, especially uh, capping it off there, Jared Goff. He has to keep pace with Kirk Thuggins, my boy. Yeah, Kirk changed Kirk Thuggins. He'll keep pace with him. So, nope, I believe that 250 yards is easy for Goff against the Vikings. All righty. Well, that will do it for us this week, folks. Be sure to follow us on YouTube. Smack that subscribe button, Twitter, and TikTok for our daily free picks. Short videos, feature-length videos. It's all there on social media. Give us a like. Give us a follow wherever you're at. For Jabron, the parlay pounder, I'm Andy Klassen. Thanks, folks, for listening. This has been WTL. <laughs>